God is good all the time. He is. No matter what's going around us, God is always good. He didn't fall off his throne. Jesus is still Lord. He's still King. Hallelujah. And we win. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about what we can compare these times to, and there are many examples in the Bible, but perhaps a relevant uh, analogy would be, and I've shared this before, this particular thing, but the Red Sea moment in time. And uh, the, the Israelites, they literally had their backs to the wall, you could say. We call that, you know, when your back's to the wall, there's no escape, <laughs> there's no way out. And, um, but they literally did have their backs to the wall, and behind them was the, were the advancing armies, Egyptian armies, and fear was screaming at them. Have you ever had that, you know, like fear's screaming in your ears almost? What if, what if, what if? It's hopeless, all is lost, there's no way of escape. And this is the sort of things that they were, had coming at them. And today there are many in a place where their backs are against the wall right now. And some have been forced, you know, from their work and debt is strangling many, sickness is afflicting others, and fear is overwhelming so many people. Uh, for many it feels as though the enemy is pursuing them and about to overtake them. Have you ever felt like that or are you feeling like that? Yeah, many. I think a lot of us have felt like that. So it feels like you know, you're closed in on four sides and there doesn't seem to be a way of escape or a way out of this current darkness. But you know, things aren't going to stay dark. Things are getting brighter. They're getting brighter. And God has been this way before. He has rescued his children many times over thousands of years. So he's had lots of practice. And is he surprised about the times that we're living in? No, no. If you read the word, he, he even, you know, there are prophets have spoken about times such as this. So with everything that is happening around us, God is not sitting in heaven, scratching his head, wondering, what should I do? What should I do? This is a bit hard for me. What am I going to do? He isn't wringing his hands and saying, oh dear, oh dear, you know, what, what, am I, what can be done about this? What will happen to my children? What will happen in this earth? God knows the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew the beginning from the end. And God is, as I say, still seated on the throne of God in heaven. He is the almighty God, almighty God, almighty God, almighty God. There's no one bigger and greater than our almighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus has given our, his life for us. Not so we could be you know, um, humiliated and, and downtrodden. That's not what he wants. And uh, he's, he's, he's absolutely for us. He's not against us. And it says, you know, as God's children, for as many as received him, Jesus Christ, these are the sons of God. If you've received Jesus Christ into your heart, if he's your Lord, if he's your saviour, you are the sons of God. And that means daughters. It's a generic word. Sons and daughters of Almighty God. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I like that. 
I'm an heir of God. I inherit whatever he's got, I inherit. And it's not when I die and go to heaven, I inherit it on this earth right now. And so do you. And you're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And he defeated Satan and he, he, he smashed him. <clears throat> and, and Satan's running scared. He thinks, oh, you know, he's thinking, I'm going to have my way, I'm going to have my way. But he's not. He is, he's going to, I tell you what, he's going to hightail it out of here very, very soon. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God will always make a way for you. He'll always make a way. God always makes a way. He makes a way out of debt. He makes a way out of failure. He makes a way out of anxiety and fear and all the things that are pressuring you. He makes a way. Our God will make a way. Just as he made a way through that Red Sea, he will make a way for you and for me. That was like a little rhyme there, I think. So he will give you a Red Sea moment. If you will move forward, if you will step out by faith, if you put your trust in him completely, he will part the Red Sea of fear, of doubt, of anxiety, of lack, of anything. So you can walk through and take hold of the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That's our future, and it's a good future, and it's a bright future. So I tell you what, there's a new job waiting for you, and there's provision waiting for you, there's healing waiting for you, joy and peace and victory awaiting each and every one of us. Woo! Yeah. Amen. You can shout in this church. It's quite all right. You won't be asked to leave. <laughs> and it depends what you're shouting, mind you. <laughs> okay. You know, we need to declare by faith, thanks be to God who gives me the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to do that. Thanks be to God who, who gives us a victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. We meet, need to be speaking the word out having it in your mouth and speaking it out. Amen? Well, you know, we need to be reminded of it because Satan is trying to shut our mouths. He'll do that. He'll want to shut you down, lock you down, bind you up in a bundle of fear, bind you up in oppression and depression and anxiety. You need to shake it off, say. You need to shake it off. Shake that off. I will not be bound by you, Satan. I will not be bound by fear. I will not be fat bound by uh, unbelief or, or anything that you try and put on me. My God is for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? If Almighty God is on your side, I think you're doing pretty well. Amen. Uh, nothing can stand against you. No one and no thing can stand against you. In Psalm 84 verse 11, it says, For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give you grace and glory. I like that. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Isn't that good? No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing. You need to speak that over yourself. Father, I just say you will not withhold any good thing from me. I call those good things in. I walk in the good things of Almighty God. I refuse to be anxious. I refuse to fear. Right, <clears throat> yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Matt, thank you, Lord. Um, 
Sometimes we do forget. We forget about God. We forget to, to invite him to take care of us and, to, and uh, to take care of the situation for us. We forget he is our provider. We forget he is our healer, our deliverer, our wonderful heavenly father. He's my daddy. He's my daddy. God is my daddy. I like that word. You know, not father, but I like daddy. <laughs> God, God is my, you know, father's too pompous. You know, I, I remember somebody, they used to call their mum mother, father. I said, please, please. I call my mum mummy. <laughs> my dad, daddy, when I was little, dad now. But God is my heavenly daddy because I'm a child. You know, we're his children. We might be growing up in, the, in this earth, but we're still his children. And he's my heavenly daddy. And he cares about me and he cares about you. And so we need to, it's time for us to rise up on the inside, stand firm and act like children of the living God. Amen? We act like joint heirs, as I see with Jesus Christ. You know, we're heirs of God and joint heirs. Isn't that amazing? Heirs of the God of all creation. We have an inheritance. We've got to grab it. You know, and faith will bring it into being. Grab it by faith. Grab your inheritance by faith. Amen? Thank you, Lord. So gold, God, gold, God has gold. <laughs> it says, God says that all the silver and all the gold belongs to him. He is not poor. He is not poor. We know that the, he pays the streets in heaven of gold, solid gold. It's not just a layer of gold. They're solid gold all the way through. Isn't that amazing? And he owns the silver and gold on this earth as well. And I, you know, it's, a str it's an amazing thing. I, I've recently heard of it. You may have, I never thought of it, I should say. But I remember, you know, they changed our currency to be backed by, it was the petrodollar. You remember that? Years ago, I, yes, I was only very young too. Yeah. <laughs> but it, originally always <coughs> currency was backed by gold. In fact, that's how you used to, to, to buy them. You would have gold coins and silver coins. But that was all taken away. But God's going to return that and change it and bring it. We're going to be backed by the gold and silver once more because Satan can't own the silver and the gold because God has already spoken it belongs to me. So I'm glad it's going to be a whole change that our currency is going to be backed by silver and by gold. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Okay, so God is not poor. He's not stingy. All he asks of us is to put faith in him trust him and trust his word and you know god has the amazing ability to take what satan has meant for harm and turn it around for good isn't that good if things are bad at this minute father i'm just so excited that i'm going to see what you're going to turn this around for my good and it's going to be better than the the latter Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So in this day, we're living and God is wanting to direct his wealth. We've spoken this for years. I mean, I've been a Christian for too many years. Not too many, but many, many years. 
And we always knew there would come a day when the wealth of the sinner will be laid up for the just and the righteous. And that's going to happen. And we're so close to that happening right now. I tell you what. So God is not poor. He's not stingy. And all he asks us to do is trust him and to trust his word. And God has, as I said, he's got this amazing ability to flip over what Satan meant for our harm and turn it around for good. That's really good. So we're living in amazing days and God is directing wealth towards his children and towards those who may not yet be born again but are, are good people and that they know how to use finances for the, to bless people. So we've got to... He, he, we keep serving him, loving him, love the body of Christ, love the lost. That's what we must do. In Proverbs 13, 22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. Isn't that good? Our righteousness is of him. Our unrighteousness is as filthy rags. But the moment we said, Jesus, I believe you died for me. You died on that cross for me. And you shed your blood for my sin. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And he washes all our, right, our own righteousness, it says, as, as filthy rags. But we don't have filthy rags anymore. If you're a born-again believer of the Most High God, you are filled with God's righteousness. You have right standing with God. And he sees you. He sees you covered in the blood of Jesus. He sees you through the eyes of his son. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Psalm 112, verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord or reverences the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants shall be mighty on the earth. The generations of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Hey, you, better, you should get that scripture and start confessing it over yourself. Speak it. Speak it into existence. That's not a, just a nice words in there. God just doesn't put nice words in there. Oh, look, this, you know, that's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not really going to happen for you. You know, these are God's covenant words. That's his covenant. And he's promised us, us, that says there, wealth and riches will be in your house and his righteousness endures forever. Write it down, Psalm 112, verse 1 to 3. And confess it and believe it. <clears throat> okay. You know, God's desire to, is to see you prosper. You know, some people say, oh, no, God wants us poor. Why would he want you poor? What can you do if you're poor? You can barely get along. How can you help others if you're poor? God doesn't want you struggling and poor. He wants his children to prosper because he loves us and he wants to bless us. I mean, all of us want to see our kids prosper, don't we? And if you don't, what's something wrong with you? <laughs> so God, who's so full of love, so full of goodness, oozing with all this stuff, it's nothing to him. That wealth is nothing. You know, he wants us to have more than enough so we can change our nation, 
change our communities. And imagine if we had so much money that no, we could buy everybody a house. Wouldn't that be awesome? There would be no housing problems. You know, people hadn't, didn't have a house. Imagine if we had so much that God put so much in your hands and you saw somebody, they had nowhere to live. You say, you come with me. Where would you like to live? I'll buy it for you. Imagine that. Or we'll build it for you. Imagine the church could be doing that. We'll build you these places and you can, your name will go on the contract. Imagine that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Why not? Let's think big. Let's think big. So God desires us to prosper. He really does. So we can change this world, absolutely change the world. So we've got to put our faith in God. If you have a job at the moment, ask him for a job. God will give you the desires of your heart. Don't ask low, ask high. <laughs> ask big. What would you like to do? Maybe you don't fully know. We'll say, God, I, I, I want work. I need a new job. Father, what do you want me to do? Or whatever you put before me, Lord, I'll run with it. You, he, you might know, not realise the gift on your life that you're not even using. But if God shows you a job, you think, well, could I do that? Well, go for it. Trust in the Lord. Trust in him completely. So we just got to hold on to faith. So God has um, healing for you. Peace for your soul. Don't we need peace in these days? He will give you victory over oppression, over anything that he's, the enemy tries to, to bring against us. So, so I just want to look again at that, only briefly at that Red Sea moment in the light of what is going on in the world here and in the world right now. So many are feeling trapped, just as the children of Israel were. Many are feeling trapped. The Red Sea in front, the approaching Egyptian army behind, rapidly coming behind. And this is the most powerful, these are the most powerful armies in civilization at that time. So it wasn't just, you know, some people coming with bows and arrows. You know, this, was, this was big stuff coming behind them. It would be like us being surrounded by the armies of China with all, their, with all their stuff aimed at New Zealand. That's how scary it was for them. Anyway, they're unarmed, but they don't realise that they are backed by God Almighty and the armies of heaven. And so are we. We are backed by Almighty God and the armies of heaven, a fighting on our behalf, right now, fighting on our behalf. You just keep praying. You keep declaring. Amen? Keep declaring these things. Keep you know, sending out the host to change things. Don't just say things are going to stay like this forever. No, they're not. They are not, they're not, they're not. God is going to flip it. He's going to flip it, absolutely, upside down. So... All they had to do was take one step of faith. It's pretty scary. Pretty scary. Okay, you're going to walk through the Red Sea. That's scary. Scary stuff. What if those, you know, and all the waves, you know, how God congealed them, really. But, you know, you could go over there and you could think, what if? 
what if <laughs> that came on down on us? It would be quite scary crossing over. I don't know how high, high banked up it would be, but maybe I'd say higher than the ceiling, way higher than the ceiling. Imagine that. Your water's that high, you're way down there, <laughs> and any moment that could close in. Well, we know the story. Satan pushes too far, doesn't he? He goes too far, and he's going too far right now. And so they're, they're, uh, they're halfway through, next minute, they see them, the um, armies of Israel following them. But God starts to close the water over them. And you know, that was the end of that, those armies. They have, Egypt has never, ever returned to the position it was in all of civilization. All those thousands of years ago, it has never been able to recover. See, that's what happens when, when people come against God's people. They can be in big trouble. Big trouble. All righty. Okay. So that was a miraculous escape. Now, God has a miraculous escape for you. He's got he's to make a way where there seems no way. And he's going to bless you. He's going to prosper you. He's going to heal your bodies. He's going to exalt you. Amen? Thank. So anyway, God is now... Right now, he's setting a death trap for the enemy. Like he did for the Egyptian armies. He's setting a death trap for the enemy. Um, that's good. Yeah, we should be saying hallelujah. <laughs> for our enemy, God is setting a death trap for them right now. A trap for those who hate righteousness, justice, and truth. Those who, you know, have given themselves over to darkness. God is going to set a death trap for them. And, uh, but the children of Almighty God are stepping out of faith so we can experience the goodness of God, the blessings of God, his abundance, his provision, his deliverance, his healing power, and his favor. The favor of God will be upon the body of Christ. So we are stepping into the greater days of glory. There's some good, there's such amazing, it's amazing that we were born for such a time as this. There couldn't have been a better time to ask to be born in because we've seen what it was and we're going to see what it is going to be. Isn't that amazing? And those who are born from now on, they, they will step into only knowing that, what we're going to step into. Isn't that amazing? And then we'll be sitting them on and they will be telling you know, this is what it was, used to be like. It wasn't real freedom. We thought we lived in real freedom, but we weren't really living in real freedom. What's coming is real freedom. It's God's freedom, absolutely. God's bringing absolute freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So, knowing all of this, why should we succumb to the spirits of fear and unbelief? Why should we tremble at the sound of the enemy? And why should we be intimidated? No. If you're a born-again believer, blood-bought by, by the blood of Jesus Christ, who died for you on the cross, gave you eternal life, then we should be enjoying the blessings of God. The blessings of God, knowing if God is for us, who can be against us? 
If God is for us, who can be against us? No one. Amen? So I encourage you to tap into God's financial system be, by being a tither. <gasps> Tithing. It's the best thing you can ever do. It's the best thing you can ever do. The tithe is a powerful weapon against Satan, against lack and poverty and harm and destruction that comes against us and our families. You know, the tithe was instituted in the Garden of Eden. God said, this tree you cannot touch. That was a tithe. Abel, Cain and Abel, they knew about tithing. Cain didn't bring the tithe. Abel did. And God was so pleased with Abel that Cain got so jealous he killed Abel. But Jacob, Abraham was a tither. He was the wealthiest man in the Middle East. And you know how wealthy they are in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, they are wealthy. He was the, one of the wealthiest men in the Middle East at that time. Jake, Isaac, he sowed, said he, he sowed and reaped a hundredfold. He sowed seed. He tithed, said he tithed, and he reaped a hundredfold in that year. So, you know, we, we could be expecting, Father, I'm tithing. I expect a hundredfold. I call in. I call in that. No, if, if you've not heard about this sort of thing before, you might feel uncomfortable because, you know, a lot of churches sort of believe it's holy to be poor. You tell that to a poor person. There's nothing holy about being poor. It's sad because it's not God's best. And God wants the best for his children. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so as I said, Abraham tithed. He tithed to Melchizedek. Isaac tithed and he reaped a hundredfold. Jacob tithed and he was prosperous. And it goes right through to today. And uh, God, it, it is a test really. God tests us to see if we'll be obedient, to see if we really trust in him. And when he does, he, he just so wants to bless back. We need to be obedient to it so he can bless us thoroughly. See, a tithe is a tenth. And God's really good that he said that. He could have put in here, okay, I want you to bring, say, $150 every week. Well, that would be unfair, wouldn't it? Because some people are wealthy and, and, and prospering. Others, not so much. But he says, bring a tithe. It's a tenth. So if all you've got is $10, you get $10, $1. If you had a $20, it's $2. If it's $50, it's $5. If it's $100, if you earned $100, it's $10. So, you know, it's, when you look at it like that, it's $200, it's $20. So it's easy. $1,000 a week you earn, there's $100. You might think, oh, that's a lot of money. No, if you start off... If you started way back when you weren't earning so much, it wouldn't seem much <laughs> now. I, mean, I never think about it. That's the first thing that comes out. Every, it, it always comes out. In fact, it comes out before my pay goes in, effectively. Because <laughs> I get paid on a Monday. But I pay my tithe on a Sunday. <laughs> Unless I've forgotten, then I have to pay it in the Monday. But you've got to trust God. Trust the Lord. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. Absolutely. He really does. Really quiet in here, isn't it? But anyway. <laughs> okay. So God will always bless your 90%. And you know, the tithe brings with it amazing promises of blessings for you and your children. It's not just for you, 
and it's also for your children. Your tithe affects your family. And great blessings come to the tither and to their offspring. So we may be going through difficult and scary times right now, but we don't have to fear. If God is for us, who can be against us? If you're wondering where that is, it's Romans 8.31. We need to, need to make sure we declare the word of God over ourselves, over our finances, over our families, our, over our bodies and over our minds, over the church, over the nation. It's really important. Again, if God is for us, who can be against us? He's for us. Amen. And he also said, fear not, for I am with you, and be not dismayed. Habakkuk, Hebrews 13, verse, oh, thank you. <laughs> Was I too quiet, Haley? Hebrews 13, verse 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so we may boldly say, boldly, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, what can... What can anyone do to me? If God is for me, who can be against me? Amen. Deuteronomy 28 talks about all the blessings. The blessings that will come upon you. You know, if you're faithful to, the, to do God's word. He says you're blessed. And this is, you know, you need to confess some of these things. It's awesome. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed. Blessed is the fruit of my body. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed, blessed going out. That's everywhere. You're everywhere. You need to start speaking out. Thank you, Father. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in all that I set my hand to. My family are blessed. The seed of the righteous are blessed. You know, we need to be speaking these things over our lives and over our families. <clears throat> it's important. It says, he goes on to say, I haven't got all the blessings, but the Lord causes my enemies to be defeated before my face. And they shall come out against me one way and flee before me seven ways. <laughs> he commands the blessing on you in your storehouses. I'm a tither. I expect my storehouses to be blessed. And in all to which I set my hand to. And he blesses me in this country where I live. He blesses me in all I set my hand to. Is that good or is that good? Is it good or is it good? Oh, yeah, I like that. It's good. <laughs> so we've got to put God in remembrance of his, of his promises. Lord, you promised me this, and I fully expect you to honor your word concerning me. You promised me this, Lord. I'm holding you to your word. Hey, that's good, eh? You know how we say to me, I'm holding you to your word. We could, God doesn't mind if we say that. He likes it. I'm holding you to your word, Father. I'm holding you to your word. Absolutely. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. God's word, it's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Nothing more powerful than the word of God. We fight the enemy with the word of God. Our warfare is not with flesh and blood, although the enemy works through flesh and blood, but we've got to go, warfare is against the darkness, controlling people. So, Let's go back to that Red Sea moment again. God dealt a fatal blow to Pharaoh and his armies. And he will deal a fatal blow to those who oppose him in these days that are here right now. He will deal that. And, and those who have yielded to, to Satan's plans and Satan's um, 
yeah, his plans and whatever. So at, at the same to- time, God is opening a miraculous way of escape for those who will listen to him and obey him. He's opening the way into the promised land, I love this, for the greatest harvest in all history. I love this. It's a shame Brownie's not here. He'd be, he'd be rah rah now, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've got to hold the line, saints. We hold the line. Amen? We hold the line. We're entering into days of glory, of a mighty move of the Holy Spirit, of victory, of freedom, of justice and miracles and a great harvest of souls. I tell you what, I've heard this preach for so long, but I now know we are right on the cusp. This is how close we are. That's how close, hey? We won't be able to count them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Oh, yes. I've just sort of lost my spot for a minute. Where am I up to? Okay. Did I get up to Matthew 9.37? No? Okay. Okay. Okay, here we are. Matthew 9.37. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the labourers are few. How sad. That is sad, eh? Labourers are few. You know, we're going to get people saved. Immediately we've got to start using them. They can start going winning, going out winning the lost. The harvest is, <coughs> is truly plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. Amen. So we are entering days of glory, a mighty move of God, mighty move of the Holy Spirit, great victory and freedom, justice, miracles, and that great harvest of souls. It's coming. It's so close. You know, it's always darkest before the dawn, isn't it? Not, not our dawn. No, not our dawn. <laughs> <laughs> so dawn is about to break break out go on dawn yeah gonna break out satan knows his time is short and he's desperate to stop the church from rising up in the power of the most high god he's terrified because he knows he's coming not only in the greatest awakening so we've talked about all these things for quite a while he, he knows it's the greatest awakening ever to be seen on earth, an awakening to truth, an awakening to God, but also we have entered the time for the greatest harvest of souls of the ages and multitudes coming into the kingdom of God. Multitudes. And there's going to be such an outpouring of the Spirit of God. In... Um, in 1 John 5, 4, it says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So hold the line, saints. Hold the line. Hold on to your faith. Don't give in. Don't weaken. Don't, bend, don't you know, become weak at the knees. Be strong. In James 5, 1 to 8, it, I want to read these scriptures. I just want, I'm coming to an end here, but I want to read these to you in James 5 and 1 to 8 because it's talking about right now 
Come on, come now, you rich. <clears throat> Weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Now, that's not talking about rich people who are good. There's a lot of rich, wicked people, really wicked people, have used their money for evil things and got their money from evil things. So he says, Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. We're in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. There's been a lot, you know. You think through the years, when you think, I was just thinking about it, man, you're taxed for this, you're taxed for that, you're taxed for this, you're taxed for... You think about it. Once upon it was a simple tax, and then suddenly this is added on. Oh, now we'll add on this, you know. So, you know, this could apply to us. We could be the labourers who mowed their fields, which you kept back by fraud. We cry out. We cry out for justice. We cry out for truth, which you kept back by fraud. Cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. They've reached God's ears. People crying out for justice. God crying out for freedom and justice. And so that nobody need... You know, this is the thing. There are people in our world who hold trillions of dollars. A few. And in the meantime, people starve in, in, in India. They starve in Africa. There's no need, you know, and people like us, we're handing out money for, to go feed them. And those fat, blur, blur, blur people <laughs> hold on to their trillions while millions die. I think the cries have got to God's ears and justice is going to be served Amen. for that. Amen. It makes me wild. It actually when you think of little children dying unnecessarily, absolutely unnecessarily, it's wicked. It's the absolute wickedness. So I was reading it, wasn't I? Okay. So, okay, here we are. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury, See, God doesn't mind if we do that. He's not against luxury. He's not against that. He's against those who, who stuff it all for themselves and won't lift a hand to those who need help. He says, you have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. We have come to this moment. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for until it receives the early and the latter rain. Okay? So, the, so, um, okay. So our job is to pray in the harvest. That's our job. God, I know we're in this time, Father, I just pray for a massive breakthrough that we can, be, we can be part of the reapers bringing in the harvest. Lord, it is time for the harvest. 
We need to start doing that. And then, I like this in, in verse 7, what I just said. It says, the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. So I want us to talk just that and then I'm finishing. It, <clears throat> it says in, Eli in verse 17 and 18, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't rain for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. So first the rain, we need the, we've had the first rain of the Holy Spirit. It talks about the former and the latter rain. Former and the latter rain. The former was on the day of Pentecost. Now we're bringing in the latter rain. And they're going to come together. The former and the latter rain. What happened on Pentecost was a foretaste of what God is going to do now. That's powerful. It was powerful on the day of Pentecost. The first day, what, 3,000 got saved? What, what do you do with 3,000 people all of a sudden? You know, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? It will, it's, it's, you know, really, come on, we've got to think about this because this is what it's going to be like. When the former and the latter rain hit, the power of God is going to be so strong. The anointing of God upon you and me, if we're crying out for the rain, Father, we need to be so filled with the Holy Spirit, absolutely filled with the Spirit of God. And it's going to be easy to win souls. We'll just be out there spilling the beans everywhere. <laughs> God's beans. <laughs> spilling the beans about Jesus Christ, about salvation. Absolutely. And so... Pentecost was the former, and now we're into the latter rain time. So it's time to rejoice. It's time to prepare. It's time to portion to God and to seek him in a way you've never seek, sought him before. It will be a time of great signs and wonders. Our job is to pray for the harvest. You know, cry out to God, Father, for the harvest, that the harvest will come. So the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We are the righteous who will give our lives fully to Jesus Christ. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So we must give our lives 100% to him. 100%. Don't hold anything back. God is looking for people who will give them their all for him and his son, for what he's done. See, the early church could do no mighty works until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they healed the sick, they raised the dead, and they worked all kinds of miracles. You know, we can get to heaven by being born again, but if we want to do the works of Jesus Christ, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled, filled, filled. And you know... The, in, in the early church in the book of Acts, it wasn't just once they prayed for it, they kept praying again, and then Holy Spirit hit them again. Amazing. So, you know, just ask for more of them. You know, Lord, just fill me up again, Lord. Fill me with you. That I'd be so filled with your Holy Spirit 
that I walk in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, we need to be expecting the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of healings, working in miracles, signs, wonders, and gifts. These are the things that God's, God is wanting in this day and in this hour. He wants to show himself strong on our behalf. He wants to show off his son. He wants to show off the body of Christ. But we've got to live right. We've got to love right. We've got to do things right. Amen? Amen. Okay, then. So, let's be changed into his image day by day. Lord, I want to be changed day by day. Change me into your image. Imagine that. We're so full of God. We almost look at you and think, oh, Jesus is here. <laughs> oh, no, that's Matt. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> yeah. Isn't that so good? So we've got exciting days ahead. So we've got a, we're pushing through, saints, and their breakthrough is coming. Change is coming. Massive change is coming to this whole earth, not just this nation, to the whole earth. And we need to be ready. We need to be ready. Father, I just thank you for everybody here. And I, looking around, I'm thinking that everyone I can see is saved, so... I was wanting somebody here that wasn't, I want unsaved people here. <laughs> but Father, I just pray um, for everybody here, Lord, you'll put a hunger in each and every heart. The hunger of God, the fire of God, and a passion for souls, Father, and a, and a desire, Father God, to move in your spirit, Father, and expect signs, wonders, and gifts to follow each and every one of us, Father God. That we would walk in the gifts of healings and working in miracles, Father God. All those wonderful gifts that you have promised us, nine spiritual gifts, Father, each and every one, none more important than the other, but all amazing. So, Father, we just thank you, and I pray for this church, Father. I pray that your glory will so fill our, fill our lives, and fill this church. And Father, we thank you that you, Lord, that there's a massive move of your spirit, a great awakening happening, and Father, the great harvest. Everything coming to one great moment on this earth. So Father, we thank you for it. We're looking for it. We are praying for it. We're putting our faith for it, Father God. We were put here for such a time as this. Each and every one, we were born for such a time as this. So, Father, I thank you. You have your way in our lives and in this church. Hallelujah. And if you would like prayer for anything, <clears throat> come up now. If you would like to be filled more with the Holy Spirit, come up. Let's just pray. Let's believe God.